Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with my friend. Um, ben is really awesome and just started an incredible organization, and I'm so excited for you all to learn about it and hopefully visit the website and yeah, you'll hear more, obviously, um, in the next couple of minutes. In the meantime, I just wanted to remind you all of my sponsor, BetterHelp. They are the largest online counseling service, and they match you up with a professional counselor to, um, you know, have therapy, but at a much, much more affordable price. Um, and if you use my code, you can get 10% off your first month. So if you go to trybetterhelp.com, dot com slash zoe that's better help h-e-l-p and zoe is just one e no y um you get 10 percent off your first month of therapy and i couldn't recommend it enough my family has all tried it now so um we will keep you posted if you um you know end up starting your therapy session online just send me a dm and we can chat about how it goes anyway here's the episode with ben and let me know what you think everyone and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today I am so excited to be here with the founder and CEO of TalkAboutDepression.org, Ben Greiner. Hello, how's it going Zoe? <laughs> nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, I feel like it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, if, so why don't you start out by telling me a little bit about yourself. Obviously, I know a little bit about you, but share with my listeners, like, where are you from? How old are you? What's your story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am currently 26 years old, going to be 27. Um, I'm originally from uh, Newport Beach, California, on the West Coast, but uh, I've had a sports background. I grew up pretty much in Minnesota, uh, where I played hockey there, and that kind of fueled me into college to play there, and I ended up uh, going to Hobart and William Smith Colleges in upstate New York. Um, had an awesome time there, and uh, been working on a project, uh, as you know, talkaboutdepression.org, and that has been kind of a two-year project that started in, in college. So. so what exactly is talkaboutdepression.org? Like, what is your elevator pitch of... Um, the organization. Yeah, no, I'll kind of give you some background about what we're about um, and just explain the story kind of on a different level than, than what's out there. So um, the, the story goes um, back in college, my senior year, uh, I'd been talking to my friend uh, for about, you know, two or three months and I kind of knew he wasn't doing very well. Um, and we ended up getting to a point where, you know, I didn't really know how he was doing. Um, and we had had this crisis moment um, in college where he texted me out of the blue. I kind of had this moment where I, I didn't really know what to do. There was a lot of uncertainty with his status and, and, and what he was saying and, and what I could say to him. So um, through that, we, we created or in that moment, I realized 
there is so much missing to understanding a mental health crisis. So the origination of, of TAD is um, the way that we go about understanding a crisis situation as a friend. So being this peer support, how do you help and guide your friend to help that that's out there in regards to depression and suicide. So through that moment, um, I actually entered a, <clears throat> a pitch contest in my school. It was for the entrepreneurship program. And in that uh, I pitched, pitched the idea and, and I just found a passion for, for wanting to roll this conversation and start creating uh, more awareness around being a, being a support system for someone who's struggling. That is so incredible. And I think it's like really telling that I know a lot of organizations uh, for good reason have like these um, campaigns, for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word, of like like a real combo campaign. The um, I think it's like the AFSP, Jed Foundation and Mm -hmm. Crisis Tax Line. I'll do that. And that's pretty much what your organization is about and i like how that's like the center of it because even recently someone at dm my account and um asked like you know what do i do for like how do i support a friend who's struggling mm-hmm. and like i immediately directed them towards tad because it's i think it is hard for both parties like on one hand some people don't know who to reach out to other Mm -hmm. people are like i know my friend's struggling but like what do i do so i think it's a really incredible what you're doing yeah no thank you so much i think um what you said there with about what knowing what to do is is the main principle of what we're trying to help with because there's a lot of it's a very complicated situation everyone's different um and even just starting with the background and explaining clearly what it means for someone to go through a crisis what what's happening with them and and what you can do is is something that's really powerful and and i believe everyone needs to have so amazing and so after you pitched it for your school Mm -hmm. what inspired you to like keep going with it rather than just leaving it as a college project yeah for me um what's kind of funny is actually didn't win the pitch contest, <laughs> but um, it didn't matter for me. I was really committed to to making this a reality um, because I know I know the need. I, I just I wasn't satisfied. You know, I go back to that moment again when I when I googled how to talk a friend out of suicide. For me, the the sixth search that came up was the Cosmopolitan magazine. It was WikiHow. It was these resources that I didn't feel. I trusted, but at the same time, I was overwhelmed with information. So I think that that moment, that that gap I saw was just something I, I needed to fulfill, and and I, I feel really passionate about continuing. And and I think it just drove me to to want to make it a reality. So. And when so when did Tad officially launch? Yeah, so that's a good question. We officially received our 501c3 status in February of 2019. So it's been about a year since we've had that. Um, but going for going forward, we just launched officially 
uh, with our new website. And we've actually been doing a campaign during this month um, to raise awareness and kind of tell people about what we're doing and how we're helping. So um, it's really been, the support has been incredible. Yeah, it's been a, probably a busy couple of months. <laughs> busy, yeah. To say the least. Yeah. So, and, and where are you now in that process? And then mm -hmm. to couple that, like, where do, where do you see Tad going? Like, what's your vision down the, like, five to 10 years down the line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, we're currently, we're, we're in the middle of the raise um, to get our crisis help tool available and ready for people. So for people that don't know what that is, we've developed a protocol um, with a wonderful doctor I've been working with. Her name's Dr. Kathy Petoni. She's our main advisor and she's an incredible person. She um, is a military psychologist, a retired colonel, um, done a ton of work with, with veterans and, and the challenges of suicide there. And um, with her, we've, we've developed a, a workflow that, can, that people can go through um, when they find our website. So our priority is, is to get this launched. Uh, we're hoping to get it launched by January. And um, with it, after that, we plan to continue to grow our brand in more of a social place. Um, I love the idea of, of interacting and creating more of a, an open conversation about, you know, depression and suicide and some of the challenges that, that people go through. Um, I think it's, it's beautiful to, to read and <clears throat> explore that um, sort of empathy engagement that we want. So that's more where we're going. Um, but the, the bigger plan <clears throat> is really to develop programs for prevention, um, as well as giving people better access to care. I think our greater plan is to be a resource where people can easily go <clears throat> and understand what mental health is. They can understand what depression is. And from that, they can be guided to the correct resources. And that may mean, you know, seeing a therapist or, you know, other options for, for ways of of improving that that current state, um, but yeah, that's that's where we're going. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, what I really like about Tad is like the idea of a community aspect, and specifically mm -hmm. because young men, in particular, don't have that sort of community. They are the ones struggling the most, like when it comes to feeling like they can have a conversation that makes them vulnerable without seeing weak, seeming weak. Um, mm -hmm. so that's really cool. I also, uh, was going to give a shameless plug for one of my sponsors, which is BetterHelp. And I think that it would be something really cool for your Tad to team up with, like, because it does give this really easy access and, affo and affordable access to therapy for those who mm -hmm. may have some resistance to, you know, walk into an a waiting room and sit there feeling kind of awkward and mm -hmm. um and just sitting around so i i know that i mean i've been obviously going to therapy for a while and i'm used to that but it's so expensive and it's not really covered by health insurance specifically in you know new york mm -hmm. or where it's like you're finding the best therapist whatnot but they have all these licensed therapists and to really help people get, um, find the best 
emotional care. So if anyone's listening and is looking for a therapist, you can go to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe, Z-O-E, no Y, to get 10% off your first month. So Love that. Yeah, shameless no, plug right in uh, there. <laughs> I think uh, telehealth is, is only growing, obviously, due mm-hmm. to, to COVID. And, you know, one of the, there's a lot of, resources for you know online therapy and uh obviously better helps one of them and we're definitely you know working towards figuring out you know telling people about those resources and making sure that you know they know what that means to to receive therapy online and and there's a lot of challenges with insurance and costs as you mentioned so i think it's really important for for us to make sure that we tell people what that means and what that looks like. So that's really what, what TAD is for, is to, to guide people to resources like that, for sure. Awesome. What's been the most rewarding part of TAD so far for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, for me, it's really been the community around me that's kind of come towards and said, you know, hey, Ben, I want to be a part of this. This is awesome. Um, but Shout out Anthony. About- <laughs> Hi, Bird. <laughs> um, but it's more about the the actual individual stories that have been been written. I think it's amazing when you hear someone's perspective and kind of on the outside, you don't know what they've been through. You know, nobody does. Nobody does, and and that's you know hearing them write and hearing them explain themselves is is a beautiful thing and and so much can be learned from that and from those individuals so for me that's the the greatest greatest thing about what we're doing is is exploring those conversations and and learning from someone else is is awesome yeah it's really interesting i just actually thought of this but in uh like in consulting we have this thing of like proactive work versus reactive work so for like proactive accounts, or for reactive accounts, people come to you and then you answer their questions. Whereas proactive accounts, they're pretty silent, so you have to do the effort. And I have this theory that like all people need is a sheet of paper. Like all people need is a for you to go ask them like, hey, how are like how are you doing? Like is everything mm-hmm. okay? And like just by opening up the conversation, people are so much more willing to share like whatever they're going through. And I don't know if you found that, but I've just, even just from having an Instagram and having people reach out to me, it's like the most rewarding thing ever to help have someone say like, hey, I really needed to see that post or I really like needed Mm -hmm. to listen to that episode. And for you, I've read some of the stories and they're just so incredible. And, And the fact that so many people can confide in you and can confide in the TAD community, it's like, you're just creating a world where vulnerability is accepted and that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's it's just the the way the world's going hopefully where you know vulnerability is is not a weakness. It's it becomes a strength. Um I just think you know the more people that reach out and they realize it's okay to reach out for help or it's okay to tell your story and a lot of people can empathize with those then it becomes, you know, a growth and a strength and and that's the community we want to build um is 
is sharing and being open about, you know, your struggles and, you know, hurdles in life that come your way inevitably and, and how you move through them and, and how you're doing now and, and kind of that, you know, making sure that we can get through a transition together and, and what that means for someone. So I think those stories, the main goal is to, to help people get through hurdles in their life and, and obviously at the end of the day, let them know they're not alone. A hundred percent. So I'm going to like quickly flip the switch a little on you and see like, I know you have a background in sports, which a number of uh, Mm -hmm. my guests have as well. And I wanted to know, like, has, have you ever experienced difficulties with your own mental health? And, and if so, like, was it affected by being a professional athlete? Like, how did you deal with that? Yeah, no, that's a great, great, great question. I think um, my exploration in my own mental health has been through through sports. It's been through performance, and you know, there's there's a lot of expectations. You know, being a professional athlete, it's a business. You're expected to perform uh, no matter what. So when you don't perform perform or meet those expectations, I think, you know, it can be challenging on your own mental health. It can be challenging to, to deal with. I mean, I've personally had a crazy path of, you know, transferring schools and being, you know, in different teams and, and kind of all over the map with hockey. But um, within that, you know, I've always had more of a curious mind to explore performance and and that means, you know, exploring your own mental health. And there is some some tough days. Um, but I think one of the things that's that's really saved me, and it's not talked about or not everybody does it, but you know, is is mindfulness. Um, about six years ago, I actually um, during a summer training, I actually went and took part in something called a mindfulness-based stress reduction course. Um, in the, out of UMass Medical Center in, in Massachusetts. And, and that course was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Still to this day, I, I can't believe, you know, at some points you're, you're laying down for an hour at a time and, and it's crazy to be still for that long. And, and just, just taking that course really, um, you know, open, open the doors to, to what it means to, to slow down and, and to not evaluate yourself, but, you know, to be in the moment for things. And, and that only, you know, increases your performance. And it's kind of funny how, how hard it is, um, how something that hard leads to, leads to more performance. But it's not even about that. It was, it's more about, you know, how do you overcome these challenges that come your way and how can you process that? And for me, luckily, I found that, um, you know, mindfulness is something I really like works for me yeah it's definitely something I need to work on like I've just been doing this 14 day meditation like intro Mm -hmm. and it's like I am just this crazy anxious mind so sitting for five minutes in itself is so difficult and you really have to realize that your mind is at the end of the day your brain's a muscle and it just needs to be like worked out and it's hard even for someone who's like super hard and I kind of love I mean I don't know if there's these apps like Headspace and Calm 
um, and they're pretty they're pretty great for just more of a, a short short mindfulness where you don't even know what it is and, and just getting into it. So I think they've done a good job of, of providing that and something that uh, that anyone can do. So um, I think it's <laughs> it's really hard to sit still though, especially nowadays. Definitely. Uh, doing so many things and, yeah. I feel like COVID's been like the ultimate test. <laughs> you yeah, gotta. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sitting in, in isolation isn't the easiest thing. For sure. So kind of going back to what you said before um, going to like the mindfulness mm-hmm. thing at um, UMass, when you were having any like when you're having a bad day or you're struggling, did mm-hmm. you feel comfortable reaching out to friends about what you're going through? Um, you know, I think I had a few friends that I would always reach out to, um, or even my brother when I was, you know, kind of going through these challenges in hockey specifically, but they never really, you know, I didn't necessarily open up to how I was actually feeling and how, you know, the struggles were more than, than hockey. Um, but, you know, I think looking back at that time where I was, you know, bouncing around because of hockey, I think, um, I think if I had, or if I knew there was, there was someone who I could really, you know, get down to the, the emotional part of, of a conversation um that would be you know that would have been would have been awesome to have in the moment so did you ever uh go to therapy at all or like speak to anyone i didn't i mean i've done a little bit of sports psychology um stuff so i I have seen someone in that realm um but never never seen a therapist um for that but yeah it's definitely something that is is growing to be normal so i think I hope it anyway, um, that it becomes more affordable and, and people can seek it out. Or use BetterHelp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's interesting. And, like, not even, like, growing normal. I think it's always been normal, but it's more like it's slowly becoming more, not acceptable, but, like, normalized, I guess. Mm-hmm. is probably the word I'd use. And, yeah, I mean, actually what I think is kind of interesting, and I think about this a lot when I, you know, talk to my friend who's a um, registered dietitian and deals with, uh, like, a lot of people who have issues with eating or um, I'm interviewing someone who's a, um, a ther- psychotherapist soon and, I just think it's so interesting of like the idea of when you take on all these stories or like take on all this pain, that's a lot. And like for someone, I don't know, I'm a very empathetic person. I feel others struggle. So, I mean, I have a hard enough time dealing with my own issues. I can't even imagine, you know, I'm sure down the line with Tad, you're going to be reading things that are really tough mm-hmm. and you'll probably want to have someone to speak about that too just because it's like you're other you're otherwise you're carrying all this weight you know right yeah and I think that's a good good point um brought up with and even you know now with all the healthcare workers and 
and the therapists are being overwhelmed, you know, with patients, there's Mm -hmm. so many more challenges coming. Um, But I think it does, you know, obviously, spending my time, I'm reading about, you know, depression and suicide and, and some of the challenges. And obviously, there is, you know, it's, it's not easy stuff to read for by any means. But, you know, if, if we stick to the, the purpose of, of trying to be, you know, be a resource that people can understand. And, and I think that that makes those, you know, reading that and all the, the stories and the way to that, um, you know, something that's, that's positive. So um, I always try and flip it, but obviously there is challenges with, with researching that all the time. Yeah. So I guess this is, I asked this, it's funny, I ask this a lot to, or I try to ask this to all of the men I interview and mm-hmm. But essentially, like, you know, this is your job. But what advice would you give to someone, specifically a guy who is struggling with anxiety, depression, stress, loneliness, etc.? Um, I think I would be, I would try and provide an example first. Of like, have you ever, you know, felt this way before? And you know, do you know anything about that? So I would, I would try and be, be questioned or, or try and make a question out of it first and then, you know, be open and honest and say, look, I might be, I might be dealing with this, you know, what, I don't even know what I'm going through. Can you relate? I think it's just about someone relating and, and connecting. And if, if you're that other por- person, it's important to listen. That's, that's my number one thing. Yeah. No, I love it. That's actually really good. I haven't heard that way of framing it, but I think that might be my favorite. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to wrap up with some questions that are unrelated, but I always end with them. Mm -hmm. First question. What's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Good question. Um, Going real deep. Yeah, going real deep. Uh, I think (laughs) um, being a lot of lot of challenges in my early playing and and being cut from um, from teams and or first of all knowing I wasn't going to be a part of a team is something that cut cut deeply for me. I think. it's not been my hockey hasn't been the easiest path, but I know that um, those those moments were, were very difficult for me because I had expectations. I knew how much work I put into something and and being cut just showed the, you know, that I wasn't worth what was going on. So I think that was probably the, you know, those moments have have propelled me into saying, you know, OK, well, how can we do how can we move forward from that? So. Amazing. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Hmm. Uh, I think. I think moments in life happen for a reason. I don't know if everything happens for a reason. I think your environment and the people around you. Um, you know dictate a lot of what you do, but um, 
I think moments uh, happen for a reason, yes. And you can like learn, I think you can learn something from everything to be on the path that is not (laughs) destined, you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, I think um, like how you choose to learn is like a big deal. So like how you perceive something happening and like what you do with that is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If a crystal wall could tell you anything about yourself, your life, the future or anything else, what would you most want to know? I'd most want to know why I've made the decisions I have. Um, I think that would be something, you know, as my growing up, I, I mean, went to, you know, a bunch of different schools and, and moving around with hockey. Um, I would want to know why I made some initial decisions um, to get that started and, and how that would have changed uh, where I am today. Do you think that knowing something, like, do you think that would allow you to, like, ruminate, ruminate in the past too much? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be um, maybe the healthiest thing. I <laughs> and I feel like I, if I knew that, I'd be like, crap. <laughs> I think I would want to know why I did that in that moment. Or uh, That's actually a good way of thinking of it. Like, instead of just ruminating, be like, okay, like, j- just increasing your self-awareness, which is... Right. Like, at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Good question. Um, I think I have um, a, good, a deep understanding of, of philosophy, and I, I enjoy uh, that kind of deep thought. Um, but not a general, not a general quote. But you know, I always try and make sure that you know I'm staying in the present, and uh, that's my biggest kind of driver is is being here now um, and making sure that you're you're with the person you're talking to or you know you're not thinking about the past or or what's going on in the future but making sure that you're connecting to someone or whatever you're doing so staying staying centered and and being in the present do you have a favorite philosopher i do um a little bit controversial but i love uh marcus aurelius um, he, uh, he's got a book called Meditations and I enjoy, uh, the pieces in there. There's, you know, it was written so long ago, but, um, the wisdom and, and the way he was a warrior and emperor is, it's pretty cool for me. I just looked up Marcus Aurelius quotes. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength like that. Yes, exactly. It's a good one. What do you love most about yourself? Ooh, um, I don't think about myself too much. Um, <laughs> but I think maybe my resilience, I think I can say that based on my um, past so far and, and it's not been, you know, steady and, and just my challenges and wants to, to 
to prove people wrong or whatever it may be in the past of, of going through, you know, with hockey and, and getting to the professional level, but also, um, you know, just in my, in my overall life. So I think, you know, being able to move past things that, that come at you. I love that. And last question. Yeah. How do you find solace in the city or wherever you are? Um, I think just staying connected to people as much as that really is changed for everyone. Uh, I think it's so important to reach out. And every time me personally, I feel that oh, I don't, I don't want to reach out to that person or, or that kind of thing. And I do, I feel so much better. And I think it's so important for, for everyone right now is, is just send a text, say, Hey, how are you? So, hundred percent. It's like crazy to think that in a time where the world has never been more technologically, technologically connected, we somehow are all like the loneliness epidemic is at all time high. So just combating that by reaching out and having those conversations and speaking mm-hmm. on my podcast, <laughs> we'll all <laughs> yeah, work towards so that. Important. Yeah. So. Well, Ben, thank you so, so much for be coming on the podcast and like creating such a phenomenal resource to those who are struggling or are trying to help someone who are struggling. Like where can everyone go to find, um, to learn more about TAD? How can they support absolutely. it? Like plug everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, our website is talkaboutdepression.org and uh, you go by the TAD project and you can find us on social at the TAD project. And um, if you would like to donate, we, we appreciate the support. Um, we've, we've seen an awesome amount of support early with our launch and, and this month in May, especially. Um, we have a campaign going on. It's ending early next week. Um, so head over to our website and, and check that out and uh, our social media will, will give you everything you need, especially Instagram. So that's, uh, that's who we are and, and we hope to, to be a resource that everybody can benefit from. So. And where can they follow you? You can follow me. Uh, <laughs> my Instagram is bgriner12. Um, and yeah, I'm out there on LinkedIn as well. So feel free to reach out connect. And, <laughs> and connect with me. I think that would be awesome. All right. Well, Ben, thanks again and bye everyone. Thank you.